We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. You know, sometimes the hook is your friend and sometimes it's your enemy, Krista. I took over 17.5 PRA for Isaiah Stewart. He finished with 12 points, four rebounds, and two assists. That adds up to Uh. 18. Ding, ding, ding by the hook. Isaiah Stewart over 17.5 points, rebounds, and assists in only 25 minutes. Pistons, of course, lost. They always lose, but they only lost by seven of the Timberwolves tonight. Team with the best record in the Western Conference. Pistons only losing by seven. I consider that a win for them. Well done, Detroit Pistons. I tried to take uh, uh, Jalen Duran over 13 and a half, and then the line moved on me as the game started to 16 and a half. And I said, F it. Why not? Let's do a little Jalen Duran plus 110, <laughs> 16 and a half. And he finished with 16. So that's where the hook gets you. Oh, and the hook was on the other side for you. We've all been there. There's nobody that hasn't experienced the joy and the sadness that the hook will bring to you. Meanwhile, the Lakers up 93-77 right now on the Mavs. I mean, I know... The Lakers are a team that's uh, kind of looking to make some changes, but look pretty damn good tonight. You got Luke out there. He's got 30 points. Kyrie's only got nine, three of 11, over three from three. Not a bad night. This Maybe this new lineup is what they need. Maybe this will help them. I don't know. It feels like it's temporary. <laughs> I don't see this being some type of real change. But what do I know? I'm just watching from the sidelines. <laughs> Anthony Davis, 25 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's got 24 points. So, you know, LeBron only 18, 26 minutes. They're getting his minutes down just a little bit. He'll probably sit in this game. Might be good to take a live under on his points because uh, if they're going to be up this big, you want to cut into LeBron's minutes. Figure minute 54 to go in the third. He's already on the bench, gets out there for the fourth. Huh, might be worth looking at it. All right, so Tristan and I doing a draft. All the quarterbacks that are left in the NFL playoffs. Number one pick for Trista, Jared Goff. Number two pick, that was me, Lamar Jackson. Trista then took Brock Purdy, and I took Josh Allen. So the number five pick then went to Trista with Patrick Mahomes. And then I sit here, right? I'm next up, yeah. Number six, yeah, the sixth pick. That goes to me. I had to lose track. I'm glad Scott put this in here. I'm like, wait a second, because we're talking about Mahomes, and I'm like, wait, but I didn't draft Mahomes because I took Josh Allen. You took Mahomes. Okay, cool. So, We're down to the last few, and this is where I don't want to say scraps because clearly they're great quarterbacks, but there's a quarterback on the board that I cannot pass up at this point, and that's going to be even with the matchup. It's got to be C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is somebody that has just not only overachieved but exceeded expectations and just shown a level of of maturity and, and calm and focus in, you know, Really, a, a situation from the beginning of the year on. How many times have we talked about C.J. Stroud dealing with a collapsed pocket and just looking strong in there and just looking like a veteran and he's a leader? And I, I'm, I'm a real big believer in how a quarterback presents themselves post-game. Wins, loss, doesn't matter at the podium. C.J. Stroud is always about credit to teammates. It's my fault if we lose. And may not really be the case, but he understands what to do because that's how you win over the locker room. And it's very clear that C.J. Stroud has won over that locker room. Now, I'm tempted, though I haven't bet it, like I said before, Texans plus nine and a half, Lamar Jackson against the spread when he's a touchdown favorite or more over the last three years, one and nine, not good. But it's tough when you start looking over the last couple of seasons, teams get better, they change. Like, those are trends where, like, those are kind of when we go, trends, right? Like, that's, it's, it's, it's iffy, but it is still Lamar Jackson, and he's still the starting quarterback in those games, so it matters some. But to me, it's really just about, 
the Texans playing with house money. The Ravens defense is really good, but I mean, my God, look at what just happened against Cleveland. Look at what CJ Stroud was able to do against the best defense in the NFL. So that's what makes me more confident in the Texans and their offense specifically is they already went against a juggernaut of a defense in Cleveland. You're right. And now you're, you're going to see the same thing against the Ravens. So I think there's an opportunity here for CJ Stroud to go over those passing yards. It's only 240 and a half. It's a pretty low number. And it's interesting. So over one and a half passing touchdowns all the way to plus 155. So that's a big number. If you're really confident in him, you get some solid plus money for two touchdown passes for C.J. Stroud. The Ravens defense is one of the best in the NFL, but so is Cleveland. So I'm going to take C.J. Stroud with the sixth pick. Yeah, C.J. Stroud is, is, is very much a spicy pick. He could actually have 350 mm. yards, and I would not be shocked against a Ravens team that's a little bit rusty. So... I don't know, though, why I didn't think of this before, Ashu, and why this player is just sitting there, and maybe it's because he's a little dinged up. But, sir, but, sir, I got to take Baker Mayfield. Why do Ooh, I take Baker, Baker Mayfield? Yeah, wow, why do I do it? Not the last pick? Okay. Not the, not the last pick. Why? You look at Matthew Stafford back in, in Detroit, in that dome, what he was able to do. And I know Matthew Stafford's not the same as Baker Mayfield, but 367 passing yards, two TDs. Then you look into it a little bit more, Ashu. Detroit, 30th in the NFL in opponent passing yards per game at 254.4. The last three, actually, though, they're averaging 346.3 passing yards allowed. And then the other part of the fantasy scheme, which is passing touchdowns per game. And let's be honest, Baker probably isn't rushing for a touchdown, but he might, but he might. So Detroit, 27th in opponent passing touchdowns per game at 1.7. The matchup you just have to feel good about. No elements. Baker Mayfield is my final pick. And you don't want to talk about a guy that's gotten the locker room behind him. Baker Mayfield's another great example of that, like C.J. Stroud, right? Like, he came in there, and it's just, like, you never hear about teammates not liking Baker Mayfield. It may be what he does on the field can be ugly at times, especially when he, at the end of his time in Cleveland, and it's just like, stop playing hurt. You're hurting yourself, and you're hurting your image, and you're, like, you're losing money because of this. But he always finds a way to go in and just get everybody on his side. And, listen, if you want to talk about a team that's got nothing to lose – the Bucs have absolutely nothing to lose. And the interesting thing about them too, right? You got to think, they've got a decent amount of players from either the Tom Brady era Bucks or even going back to the Super Bowl winning Bucks at the very beginning. So you've got some playoff experience there. You add that to Baker Mayfield, who's just going to uh, plays with an insane level of confidence out there. there. There is a chance, obviously, for him to have clearly a, a really good game for someone that is kind of earning himself, I think, the job in Tampa, at least short term. I think this is somebody that comes back next year if you're Tampa. You keep him around for another season. That leaves me with Jordan Love at number eight, the guy that from week 10 to the end of the regular season was second in QBR in the NFL, second in the NFL during the regular season in touchdown passes, only behind Dak Prescott. I mean, the turnaround from Jordan Love from the beginning of the year to the point where you literally have your GM saying, yeah, these last few games, last stretch of regular season, that's really going to determine a lot. There was a point in this year where we're talking about Jordan Love maybe being done with the Packers after this season. And that was when Ryan was at his lowest point. He was very sad, and I totally get it. And now 
Jordan Love to go into Dallas and do what he was able to do after finishing the regular season with just, I mean, looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. It's hard. And, and in fact, I'm kind of surprised that I didn't take him earlier in this because I've become a Jordan Love fan. I'm going to be honest with you. Watching what he's able to do, I mean, against Dallas, 272, 16, completing 76% of his passes with those three touchdowns. He threw for 316 against Chicago, completed 84% of his passes, completed 72 against Minnesota before that, just 60 against Carolina, but 74 against Tampa. Like, he's not just throwing the football well. He's throwing it accurately. He's making plays, and he looks so confident. And right now, that's like really in the end, right? If you're going to win games in the NFL, you have to have great quarterback play. Sometimes it's just in the moment. Sometimes it's long-term. Right, we've seen quarterbacks like Trent Dill for a long time ago. Different league, I get it, but right, they always talked about game manager, play great football at that moment. Right now, we're seeing Jordan Love. I don't know if this carries over over the next five years. Maybe there's some regression, but right now, Jordan Love is playing about as well as any quarterback is in the NFL, and he's somebody that could at least march in to Santa Clara, play those 49ers, and dare I say it, though I'm not going to bet it, upset San Francisco after what he was just able to do in Dallas. Yeah, and San Francisco, if they, if you can keep Jordan Love upright, then you can pass on their secondary. And that's just, the outside is wide open for you. If you want to get the ball to, say, a Romeo Dobbs or Dontavian Wicks, and I know these are not household names, but they're very, very good athletic receivers. You know, you got two tight ends as well that I think that they'll be able to get the ball to them. As long as Jordan Love and his, that pocket holds up, I think he he could. I don't know that he necessarily will, but it wouldn't shock me if he was able to throw the ball a little bit. I I'll tell you what. It's we've gotten to the point now, and I think we all fall into this category a little bit, right? Where we it's, we expect everything to be instant, and we expect quarterbacks to just come out there right away and be a star. Now, C.J. Stroud's not helping the situation at all, right, given the way that he's played. Now, we'll say this. If Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator, gets a head coaching job this offseason, he may not look the same next year. Offensive coordinator, ask Jalen Hurts, really, really matters. But Jordan Love, in the position that he's been in, it has been an up-and-down season for him, right? But the end of the year showed that he finally settled in and got comfortable in the offense with his team, developing chemistry with his wide receivers, I understand that people like to say, well, you know, he's been there for years. How can you say that he, you know, he's basically like a rookie out there? Yeah, he's been a part of the team. But how often was Jordan Love before this year working with the ones in practice? Very little. That was all Aaron Rodgers. So you can have, and I'm a big believer in if a quarterback needs some time to develop, don't start him right away. I don't want to rush quarterbacks out there. Bryce Young does not look ready. doesn't help with the confidence. These are young kids. You need to put them in a position to succeed. But Jordan Love finally got a full season out there working with the ones, developing his time with the offense. And now we're seeing the actual results of all the work that's put in. It's not just about practice. It's not just about being on the roster and being a part of the team and studying film. And you got to actually be out there on top of that. And he was put in a position to succeed. The Packers handled this the same way with Aaron Rodgers. They've done it now with Jordan Love. I'm going to tell you what, though, T. I'm going to be damn pissed off if Jordan Love turns out to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. If they go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love becomes a Hall of Famer, I'm going to be so mad because every other team struggles to find one quarterback and the Packers could have three when it's all said and done. Yeah, and you're right about that this is really Jordan Love's first year. Remember last year, or was it two years ago, and it was the whole 
Aaron Rodgers isn't vac- vaccinated thing. I think it was two years ago. And yeah, so he yeah. gets thr- thrust into, into a starting job. And this is how little the Packers organization thought about him is that he was put in Kansas City in the last, his family was put in the last row uh, of the arena. The last row. So they weren't thinking about him as like a legitimate star player. Otherwise, they wouldn't have treated his family like that. Family. Family. I completely forgot about that. That was the very top row of the stadium. I mean, that was the ultimate just disrespect. But, you know, I guess if you're on the road, you can't expect a team to sit there and go out of their way for you. So uh, the thing to keep in mind in that game, too, Jair Alexander. I mean, I know he played last week, but shoulder and ankle injury did not practice today. A.J. Dillon also didn't practice. Those are a couple of big names to keep an eye on. For Green Bay, Jair Alexander is going to play a massive role, obviously, and A.J. Dillon, you're going to need somebody. Somebody that's actually played better as the season has gone on with that two-headed monster in the backfield. I mean, Aaron Jones is the the number one back for Green Bay, but they're going to need all that they can have against San Francisco and just that that potent offense. I think Green Bay can really keep up with them, though. Like, Green Bay, is sometimes it's not about, like, just comparing what you have on paper, right, or, you know, how much talent one team has versus the other. Sometimes it's just how a team is playing in that moment, and Green Bay has elevated their offense to a level that's pretty damn close to where San Francisco is. Yeah, this offense has looked awesome. If you look at what Jordan Love has done from a touchdown to interception perspective over the last eight to ten games, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So it wouldn't shock me if this thing was a very up-and-down game, and that's exactly what I think fans want to see. Look at Jordan Love's game log right now. So if we start with that game again, so the last game he threw multiple interceptions was against Pittsburgh on November 12th. They lost 23-19, all right? The next game was against the Chargers. They won. He has thrown one interception, one. That was against the Giants on December 11th. Jordan Love has thrown one interception since that two-interception game on November 12th. And he is just – Two months. I mean – it's it's unbelievable. And that was really the big thing, right? It was the turnovers at the beginning of the year. You look at the first half. I mean, he went through a stretch where New Orleans, he threw a pick. The next week against Detroit on October, October 28th, he threw two against Detroit. And then three against Vegas. And then another against Denver. And then another against Minnesota. And that was around the time we're going, uh-oh. I, I don't think this thing's going to work. And then it just, sometimes it just clicks, right? Sometimes for a player, it just takes that one moment. Stuff starts to come together and everything clicks. And it really feels like something has clicked with him. Great. I mean, honestly, too, like seeing both of those, that matchup at quarterback between Brock Purdy and then Jordan Love, two guys that were thrust into situations that weren't ideal, right? Jordan Love just want to play football. Dude gets traded up for and drafted by the Packers as the successor to Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers hates him at the time. And it's a whole big thing. Brock Purdy was never expected to even see the field for the 49ers. Last pick of the draft, third-string quarterback, and then all of a sudden, you got the guy out there taking the 49ers back to the playoffs again. So, really good matchup. This is why I love this weekend. I love it even more than the first weekend of March Madness. I know, March Madness is what it is. But, God, divisional round Trista of the NFL playoffs is absolutely one of the best that we could possibly have as a sports fan across the board. I just, fingers crossed for good games. And I think everybody wants their bets. All right, we'll wrap it up next. It's BetMGM Tonight.